All right, we have a lot to talk about with Vaughn Palmer this morning. He joins us now. Good morning, Vaughn. Yeah, good morning, Cindy. Okay, I have a couple of non-political questions for you. Sure. First off, why are you sending me stories about big flying spiders coming to Canada? Well, because, you know, uh, I was kind of disturbed there for a while at the invasion of the Asian giant hornets, which were roughly the size of pit bulls with teeth as long as steak knives. And I thought, geez, you know, uh, that that problem has been solved. I have. You hope. Courtesy of our agriculture minister, or former one, now, Alana Papa, my very own Asian giant hornet, which is dead. And I keep an eye on it to make sure it doesn't start moving. Uh, so I go, well, you know, that we, we got through that, eh? We don't have to worry about that anymore. So you're thinking now maybe so I should I'm, scare the people who don't like spiders? Is that it? Well, I, I, I just, I only know what I read in the news media and hear on the radio and TV. And I don't think you've done this story yet, Simi. And I think there are probably people out there who would be alarmed that we have a giant flying spiders from Asia. And they're expected to get here. Um, you know, it's one of the curses of globalism. They can sort of fly. <laughs> you know, uh, to me, spiders being able to sort of fly is sufficiently disturbing. It's like those stories about the Asian giant hornets that they didn't really target people, although in a bad year they killed 50 people. So, you know, maybe just collateral damage. But uh, anyway, there you go. Okay, well, thanks uh, so I've much. I've opened a file on them, and I hope uh, it goes away and they never get here. But uh, if they can fly, who knows? <laughs> They're called the Joro spider, and I've been doing yes. some research into this. So they look scary, and yes, they can fly because they make billowing kind of webs that help them yes. to get around. But don't worry, they're harmless. They don't really bite harmless. people. Harmless. Flying yeah, harmless I, I hear spiders. that all the time about spiders, Simi. Is that how you feel about spiders when they show up in your house? Um, I try to be philosophical about spiders. I think it depends on the size and how how yeah. menacing they look, right? For the most part, spiders don't yeah. bother me. Little spiders don't yeah. bother me. But yeah. every once in a while, yeah. you get a big creepy one. Now, these like, ones are mm. the size of placemats, right? <laughs> <laughs> Now somebody's going to send me a, a video of like one of those puppy spiders. Have you heard of these like from Australia, yeah. these giant yeah. spiders? Please don't do yeah. that. They, those horrify me. I can only take so much. Okay, so there's the spiders I was going to ask you about. Also, I wanted to ask you about donuts. What is your favorite donut? Um, fortunately, there isn't a Krispy Kreme donut place oh, are good. within my jurisdiction. At least I've yeah. never really gone seriously to check it out. I believe there's one in Langley. Uh, I know there's one in North Burlington. Delta. There's one in North yeah. Delta that is. This, is there? That, oh, oh yes. God. Yeah, that's the one. You know, so like I could come off the ferry and go to it? You could. Yeah, right that's in North Delta. Good, I don't need to know that, Simi. That, in a way, in terms of my health, that's scarier than flying spiders. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're a glazed donut person. Somebody yeah. emailed me and said that Bigfoot Donuts in Courtney, so over in your neck of the woods, on the island anyway, uh, in Courtney, Bigfoot Donuts is the place to get not just an apple fritter, which is my favorite, but just donuts in general. Have you ever made it up there? Uh, no, Simi, and uh, I, I, I wish I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to send you the link. It's just bad news for me. <laughs> I'm sending you the website because I looked on the website and hey, it looks well, amazing. Well, New Year's resolution time. Okay? <laughs> Try this, place. All right, and stay away from the donuts and the giant flying spiders. That's a good one. I like that. Now we could talk some politics here. We were going to talk a little more about housing because the Premier had something to say about this. Yeah, the Premier did a lot of talking in his year-end interviews and didn't 
you know, sort of emphasized that it, well, he did emphasize that it was the year of housing. Uh, he brought in a lot of housing legislation, and it's a big part of his uh, platform as when he became leader of the NDP a little over a year ago. And he said housing affordability is the big ticket for him. That's where he he said it. He wants people to see. He wants people to have results before the election that they can see and touch and feel and experience. So this is David Eby talking. This is what he wants. So fair enough. Year-end interviews. How far has he gotten? Um, I would have to say, Simi, that the Premier has had a lot of news conferences, has given a lot of speeches, has passed a lot of legislation and adopted a lot of policies. But on the results front, he's still got a demonstrating and proving to do. And so count me as a skeptic on this, that he's actually going to be able to show real results for the election. Right. But they have been more aggressive this year than we have seen in past years, for sure. Very, very aggressive. The legislation that the uh, that the New Democrats have passed is very aggressive. They have taken control of zoning in 85 cities and municipalities, so pretty much everywhere in British Columbia. They have also announced a whole bunch of other funds and programs but, you know, and I'll just pick one example where the premier's talking points haven't matched results yet. So last year, January 12th, he announced that they were taking half a billion dollars out of the provincial subsidy and they were setting up a rental housing protection fund, a nonprofit society that would buy up rental buildings to keep them from falling into the hands of predatory investors. And it would make those rental buildings available to needy renters at below market prices. That was the announcement. And David Eby himself said, January 12th last year, the fund could be in the business of buying up these buildings and, and making them available through nonprofits that could happen within two to three months. Well, the Rental Protection Fund is out there. It's been set up. It has a CEO. It has staff. It has half a billion dollars in public money. They have yet to do anything in terms of actually buying even one building and making it available for rental fund. I checked their website this morning. So, they're way behind schedule in delivering results. Not surprising when EB announced it, Simi, people in the development industry it's going to take longer than that to identify suitable buildings, vet them, approve them, set them up, and get them going. So it isn't surprising, but it is this problem with most of what David Eby has said on the housing front. It's taking a lot longer to show the results than he thought when he first launched all these programs. All right, we're back talking with Von Palmer from the Vancouver Sun about housing moves that were made in the past year, things that the Premier has kind of been reflecting on. So what what do they think is going to happen for 2024? Is there more on the agenda here, Von? Yeah, I mean, the Premier says that the biggest housing plan of all uh, still hasn't been rolled out. It's called BC Build. Uh, he, the idea is the provincial government has asked uh, its own agencies, Crown Corporations, health authorities, uh, it's asked school boards and municipalities, uh, 
First Nations to assemble a list of public land that would be available for housing, but that has not been developed for housing. So this giant land bank, which they've been assembling for the last few months, will be made available for housing for the missing middle. So that's uh, not social housing that the government's been building for a long time here in BC. Uh, It's housing for essentially uh, the voters who can't afford housing. I will include rental housing. He says it's going to be made available, first of all, to British Columbians. I'm not sure how they're going to do that, but that's what he says. And the other thing they're saying is that in some communities, the previous phrase is it will be made available to the people who work in the community but can't afford to live in the community. And he's mentioned school teachers and he's mentioned healthcare workers. So very, very ambitious plan. The rollout is coming early in the new year. And again, David Eby says he wants to see groundbreaking on these projects. He wants to see these missing middle projects under construction by the election in October. So this is going to have to be fast-tracked at a considerable rate. I think there'll be a lot of attention on it. As with other things David Eby has announced in the past on the housing front, I say I'm skeptical that he's actually going to be able to deliver the results before the election, but we'll see. That This will have to be a, a year of action and I guess results, won't it? Because yeah. that's a pretty ambitious agenda that he has set out there and he keeps saying he wants to see all this before the election. Yeah, and you know, uh, 85 municipalities, uh, they've got till June to rewrite their zoning laws, particularly single family neighborhoods, to allow up to sixplexes on single family lots. A lot of municipalities are saying they'd like to do that, but... A lot of these zoning laws have been in place for years. It's going to be a rush job to try to get it done. Uh, I've said I'm skeptical, but Simi, I think it's important to note, so is the Ministry of Finance. The Ministry of Finance has already put out its projections for housing starts for 2024, and they're projecting a 10% drop in housing starts because of interest rates, because of stress in the market, because of shortage of workers to actually build housing. Uh, The Minister of Finance, uh, Katrina Conroy, was asked about that, and she said, well, the ministry is traditionally prudent and cautious. One hopes that one's Ministry of Finance will be prudent and cautious, but we'll see whose numbers come true during the year, because the finance ministry is saying, do not expect a great big boom in housing construction in 2024. And David Eby is saying he wants to see a lot of groundbreaking going on, um, I hope it won't be like the groundbreaking for the Surrey Hospital. Oh, boy. Yep. They had a groundbreaking, and the next day the equipment left. I gather they've now come back and started some of the work. Do you know, that's an interesting point, an interesting concern the Premier hasn't highlighted about this public land that's going to be made available for these BC build missing middle projects. It's true that school boards and hospital districts and some municipalities and some crown corporations have significant land banks. Some of that's for a reason. Remember what the the New Democrats always say about the Surrey Memorial Hospital. The BC Liberals sold the land that was available for that. School boards have sites available, crown land, for uh 
building new schools and expanding neighborhoods. So you go, how much of this land is actually held back for other purposes or would be needed to combine? You're building a new housing project. You're building two or three of them. Where are you going to put the school? Where are you going to put the community center? I think there's a lot more work needed to be done on this, and we're going to need to pay very close attention to the details. Uh, it, also, I'm, I guess I closely watched that relationship with Ottawa too, right? Because there were some ups and downs this year with that relationship. Yeah, so the federal government has its own housing plans. It's, they're jumping on the bandwagon too, and they're concerned about their political uh, standing in British Columbia. And Ottawa has found over the years that if it just gives the money to the provinces, the provinces sometimes in forget to invite them to the press conference, so they want their own credit. And they've said, yes, they have put money directly into municipalities for their own housing projects, and they've indicated some federal crown land will be available too. Makes sense. Ottawa, province wasn't all that happy about it. Quebec, of course, has outlawed that. The federal government cannot deal directly with municipalities on housing in Quebec. They've got to go through the province. EB said, oh, with, nah, we're probably not going to do that. He acknowledged you could do that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's nice to see all levels of government acknowledging we have a problem with housing affordability. I would note, Simi, that Richard Zussman of Global asked the premier for a definition of affordable housing in his year-end interview with the premier, and EB ducked the question. He said, well, paying 50% of your income for housing is not affordable, I would say, yeah, although there are people out there that are doing that. Uh, but he didn't say what his target for affordability is, I would say, given the market in British Columbia, mm -hmm. we're a long way from that yet. We are. Vaughn, thank you. And listen, um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Simi. And uh, good luck hunting for donuts and stay away from the giant spiders. <laughs> I'm sending you that link right now. Thanks for that, Vaughn. <laughs>